Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. AirServe proudly presents the Afternoon Underdogs on Cards Radio 790 KRD. Now here's Tony Vanetti and Dave Jennings. All right. Welcome in to a Tuesday broadcast here on the show. Dave is still out. He'll be back next Monday. He's still in Colorado. All right. Today we're going to have a little conversation at 4 o'clock. About an hour from now, the two Knicks are going to go at it. Nick Coffey and Nick Roush are both going to call in, and they're going to talk about ACC versus SEC football in the year 2017. You can make a case in the year 2016-17, the ACC was a better football conference than the SEC. So we'll have that conversation. It is summer. That's when you have that conversation. Okay? Yesterday also, sticking with football, Lamar Jackson obviously voted preseason player of the year in the ACC. There's no shock there. All right? He's, there's clear, he's clearly the biggest name coming back with the Heisman Trophy squarely in his hands from last year. Dan Carell will join me in a couple of minutes to talk about Louisville City FC Thursday at Copper and Kings in Butchertown. We'll have this party. Starts at 7, but we're going to build it up all day long. There's going to be fans and some of the players and a coach. They're trying to gain some momentum on this stadium. We're going to need help to get that push through. It is going to make downtown Louisville even better because it extends downtown Louisville through Nulu and Butchertown. And we have, if you put, if you build a stadium in Butchertown, you have to call the place the Slaughterhouse. It's non negotiable. You have to call the stadium the Slaughterhouse. That's it. Right. And there has to be a stake place attached to the stadium called the Slaughterhouse. If you don't like it, eat somewhere else. We don't care. It's how you get your steak, you know. So 4 o'clock, 3.15, Dan Carell. 4 o'clock, we'll talk to Nick and Nick and Jerry Jones at 4.45. Should be a lot of fun. I'll go on the road to Carriage Ford on Thursday I'll come back a little bit earlier. Nick will help me out with that. This news I find very interesting. Calipari, and I don't know if this broke yesterday. I didn't see it till just today. Calipari wants to set up a charity game, a basketball game, and similar to the 2015 game where he had alumni of UK play the alumni of North Carolina. They raised $1.5 million, and I'm not sure what the charity is. This time... He wants UK alumni to play one of the NBA super teams, like the Warriors or the Rockets or the Cavs. So it's it's actually a really good idea. He should just get UK players that are on NBA ro- rosters. Well, no, well that's what he's doing. UK alumni. Okay. So it's UK alumni in the NBA. 
versus some like the Warriors or the Rockets, right? So if you put together a UK alumni team from the NBA, it is an all-star team, obviously. Duh. You have a pretty good team. So it's, it's, it's so Calipari. It's so Calipari. And it will raise money. Okay? It lends to his momentum as an NBA guy. All right? So that's, the, that's what caught my eye today. It is pretty smart. It's marketing. He's as good as marketing as he is a coach. And in today's game, that's what you got to do when you cobble teams together every single year, whether you use transfers or one and dones, doesn't matter. You're cobbling teams together because the NBA siphons any anything that resembles a good basketball player is gone. If you can play at all, you go play in either the league or heck, people now, kids don't even want to play in your league. They'll, if they can make a hundred grand in the Canary Leagues, they'll go. Five seven one seventy nine hundred is the phone number to get hold of us today and just sort of messing around. Let's take phone calls already. Butch, you're on with the dogs. What's up, man? Hey, Tony. That's the first I'd heard about um, Cal's proposal to UK alumni against the Warriors or Cavaliers. Man, that's awesome. I tell you what. Um, I'd love to see that. I would. I would love to see that. Uh, I got to tell you, you know, you're supposed to, if you're a Louisville fan, you're supposed to hate Calipari and all things blue, but that is a, it's a great idea. I'm, I'm a big blue fan, man. And, uh, you know, and one other thing I want to ask you, you think that is, so is the national, is the national perception that about SEC, ACC, I mean, is it national or is it just local? Because I, I know a lot of U of L fans that every conference that they've been in, they, they have professed has been better than the SEC in basketball, at least. And I'll, well, I'll, I'll hang up and let you comment okay. on that. Thanks, Butch. In basketball, except when they were in the AAU, or I'm sorry, AAU, AAC, the AAU would be Kentucky. They, they have been. The Big East was the best basketball conference by a wide margin. They sat a year in the AAC and then went to the ACC. Uh, they're back in the best conference. It's not even really close. Not if you're going to compare, you could. They're the best conference, I think, year to year, with the new lineup the last couple of years. But clearly better than the SEC. The SEC is a football conference. There are teams in the SEC that would gladly drop basketball if they were allowed to. That's just a fact. There are teams in the SEC that if they could drop half the sports, they would. They care about baseball. They care about football. That's about it. Oh, football recruiting. That's another sport that they care about. But that's it. SEC is built on the pigskin, and they don't they don't argue that point. Who's on line two? Mud? Line two? Line two. What's up, buddy? How you doing, uh, Tony? Hey. I got a couple questions for you. First of all, basketball. Bob Albano, a couple of old guys said uh, Coach Cal lost because, you know, he can't make adjustments. And Bob Albano said that the reason he don't make adjustments, he's got plan A, plan B. He keeps the guys one year. I was wanting to know your opinion on that. The other thing about the SEC, you're right. In the old days, it was car racing, wrestling, baseball, and football, mainly football. Right. But the basketball 
is getting better. You're probably right about some of those teams wanting to drop basketball. But I see basketball getting better and football getting worse. But Kentucky seems like they're going to get better. But I get off let you answer my questions. Thanks There's, for taking my call. You got it. There's some truth to that last statement. They've hired some good coaches the last couple of years. Bruce Pearl's in there, the Texas coach. Barnes, right? I mean, they've got some good coaches in there. And they, at least some names. I'm not saying exactly they're great Hall of Fame coaches, but you've hired names in the last couple of years in, in SEC basketball, so at least they're trying. The, the, I think that the downfall of the SEC football is greatly exaggerated. They had a down year last year, there's no doubt. I think part of the problem with them is that, and I and a good friend of mine that's a sports show host had this take, and I happen to agree with him, that the SEC was just in love with themselves, so they sort of, the inbreeding of coaching, where they were just hiring assistants of other SEC teams, caught up with them. Bielema from or the hire from Arkansas, or from uh, to Arkansas from Wisconsin is one of those Good, good job. You you thought out of the box there. You went outside the conference. You cannot pigeonhole yourself into hiring. When Louisville needs to replace Rick, it's not going to be looking in just this area, Indiana, Kentucky, and North Carolina. They're going to look for a national search. Heck, when Trinity High School needs a new football coach, and hopefully it won't be for a long time, the last two searches, Kevin Wright and Bob Beatty, were national search guys. I mean, you've got to open it up to everyone. You can't just hire from within. It doesn't work anymore. The SEC is an awesome conference in football. There's no doubt about it. I love watching SEC football. I'm a football guy. And to tell you the truth, a 13 to 10 game is entertaining to me because it's big hits, it's defense, it is, it's playing. Now look, I also like a 40, I tell you the truth, a 42 to 41 game kind of gets on my nerves in football. It's just like tackle someone. What's going on? For the most part, the SEC, again, they had a down year last year. It looks like they might have another down year this year, but I would wait to push the panic button. So what happened is the SEC came down towards everyone else, and the ACC has stepped up. One of the ingredients was that Louisville came into the league with their feet on the ground running full steam. With Bobby and company, here we come. And some good recruiting. So they went out and also got some new coaches. Virginia Tech had to replace Frank Beamer, and Miami got Mike, uh, Mark Rick from Georgia. So now you've got five teams that are legitimate. I think two of them that are, are moving fast, Miami and Virginia Tech, and then three solidified football teams. Clemson has snuck up on everybody in the last seven or eight years. Jimbo Fisher got the job. And again, he he's an amazing coach. He has recruited his you-know-what off. And it shows they replaced people. Remember, two years ago, they played in the national championship back-to-back and should have won both times. Should have won the game. It took Alabama in a last-second freak game to beat Clemson two years ago. Clemson should have won back-to-back national titles. 
Clemson replaced their entire offensive line two years ago. All new starters across the board and still went to the national championship game. That's recruiting. That's a, that's a solid program. When you can just have guys that redshirt and they get a little playing time as freshmen and sophomore and then as juniors and seniors, they are plug and play. Those kind of programs, man, once you get to that spot, woof, and Louisville's now trying to get there. I'm hoping Louisville is a Clemson of a couple of years ago to where they're building that Jimbo and Bobby are on the same ilk and that, that they're going to build that program. I think the ACC is closer to the SEC and maybe better than them the last year and could be better than them this year. That debate will happen in 45 minutes with Nick Roush and Nick Coffey. We'll have them both on. But again, I would not push the panic button on the SEC. They had a down year last year, but if you look the last five years, they've dominated. The South is where you play football. I've told the story before that if you coach in Kentucky, you have a coach, one of the coaches has to have the heat index monitor around his neck. And if it gets to 96 degrees, you have to take helmets and shoulder pads off. And I think it gets to a certain degree, you have to quit doing anything except for um, talking to the kids for 20 minutes. Extra water breaks and all that. Well, if you go down south and tell the coaches in Alabama, Georgia, and Louisiana about Kentucky's heat rule, which is a good rule, I'm not going to say it. I mean, especially the little, uh, the smaller kids, you've got you've to make sure coaches are doing the right thing. But the coaches in Alabama, Georgia, and Louisiana laugh at coaches in Kentucky. You have a what? A heat index coach. Because they know it's 96 degrees all the time in Louisiana, Georgia, and Alabama during football practice. They play football year-round. And half their practices, it will, I heard a coach from Georgia say, most of our practices, we couldn't have most of our practices in the summer then. In fall, when fall ball starts, which is now. It's what they do down south. I've told you that the numbers for pre-high school football in Louisville are down. Not by much, but they're down. You have teams that have, you have a 5th and 6th grade team, so a 10 and 11 and 12 and 13 teams, right? Your old teams. In Georgia... You have a league for each age. 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14. You have a league for each age. Every kid plays football. So not necessarily population explosion so much more than Kentucky, which they do have more people. Georgia and Alabama have more people than Kentucky people, but not by, not by a wide margin. It's just every kid plays football. It is religion and football. Catholic, Baptist, and the pigskin. And that's what they do. And they'll always be good. The SEC will have a couple years down, but they will always be good. The ACC has made some moves, man. And now they are pretty darn good. Clemson's a big part of that. And Lamar Jackson wowed everybody. I mean, that beatdown of Florida State last year, I've never seen anything like that before in my life. And totally wrong. If you listen to the show's preseason, I sat here on the show and I said, 
we actually have Clemson's number. Like Louisville, the last two seasons really brought not very good teams to Clemson and at home, and really should have won those games against Clemson. You're in the ball game in the fourth quarter, could have won those games. I say Clemson is the one you could win. The team that we never have really competed with was Florida State, except for the John L. Smith miracle in the hurricane. But Louisville's never really competed with Florida State. So I thought, that's the game we're going to continue to lose, and Clemson is the one we can win. And hope Clemson can knock off Florida State, and then you can win. But that 63-to whatever score last year is still like, did that really happen? Against a team like Florida State, against a, a unbelievable coach like Jimbo Fisher. Football is alive and well in the ACC. College basketball, we all know. Syracuse, Louisville, Notre Dame, Duke, North Carolina. I mean, North Carolina State. I mean, these are, these are basketball blue bloods, man. All up and down the line. It's an awesome conference. Kentucky thought about going to the ACC years ago. Joby Hall sat on this radio station and said so. They thought about it. You should have, because you could have compete in. You could compete in the ACC in football. For most years, you can't in, in SEC football. All right, short break. We'll come back. We'll dig Dan Carell on the other side. We'll talk a little loose city FC. You, uh, you're welcome, Joe B. Short break. Sternberg Automotive, Preston Highway, a block up from Fern Valley. Please stop on by and check out their 250 previously owned cars. The used cars on the lot are awesome. They're loaded, and they're ready to go. Now, no matter what you're looking for, a minivan or a mini Cooper, they have those sport track trucks, too, that are pretty cool. Mustangs, Camaros, whatever you want, they have it at Sternberg Automotive. And they turn over the, the inventory all the time. So they want fresh cars on the lot ready to go. Low miles, loaded, great price. Sternberg Automotive, Preston Highway, a block up from Fern Valley. Back after this short break on 790 KRD. KRD. All right, we are back. In a couple of minutes, I'll also uh, have a conversation with a young lady that's going to have a benefit going on here, I believe, tomorrow or next week. Or the silent auction is tomorrow. It's to raise money for Alzheimer's, and we'll talk to her. Mary is her name, and we'll talk to her in a couple minutes. But first, we're going to talk to Dan Carell from the Courier-Journal. How are you, sir? What's going on, my man? How are you doing, buddy? Doing great. Calling in from the car phone today. Oh, I like it. I like it, the shoe phone. All right. Well, Thursday, we've got this event going on for the Louisville Coopers and Louisville City FC. We'll get to that in a second, but... Still can't slay that dragon. Slayed that dragon for the Red Bulls, the New York team, but Louisville City FC lost to Cincinnati again on Saturday night. Yeah, it was um, really was a kind of an odd game. Uh, I I don't know if the you know the players didn't say it and, and the coach didn't say it either, but you wonder if just the pressure and the magnitude of the game kind of got to them because some of the passing was a little bit sloppy and. It's just weird because the, the way Louisville City went up early, it uh, looked like they would have all the momentum and they gave it up on a sloppy play and. All three goals that they gave up were, were kind of sloppy plays where they just lost focus for a minute uh, or, you know, for a second, and it ended up costing them. Uh, so, you know, credit to FC Cincinnati for, I think they took five shots and scored on three of them, uh, and the other two were saved. So, uh, essentially, you know, the, the few chances they had, they converted, and Louisville City was only able to score, you know, one penalty kick, and then uh, the last goal ended up being an own goal. It was right at the end and, and didn't really have time to come back. So it was just an odd game, and uh, – 
I think one for FC Cincinnati that was a bit perplexing, or sorry, for Louisville City that was a bit perplexing considering the, the recent run of games that they had been on. So let me ask you this, because I've seen a lot of Louisville City FC games, but I haven't seen a Cincinnati matchup. I was out of town this past Saturday. I, I hate missing it, but I've followed along on Twitter. Is Cincinnati just that much better than Louisville, or has it been a comedy of errors? What's the deal? Why has Louisville City FC lost to Cincinnati? Um, I think it's you know two different styles of play, maybe going against one another. And so far, FC Cincinnati has just executed better in their two wins. Uh, you know, defensively they've held up very strong. Um, you know, really, I'm trying to think. You know, in the two games they've won, they haven't given up a. I mean, they've given up two goals. The one was a penalty, so it's just one on one with the keeper, and the other one, you know, pinged in off of one of their own players. So you can arguably say, well, is that really their fault? I mean, yeah, yeah, but you know, it wasn't like. Uh, the Louisville City player did anything, you know, spectacular or special. Uh, and then, uh, you know, outside of that, it took a Brian Ownby, you know, amazing goal in the first game to uh, end up with, well, at the time Louisville City was winning, uh, they ended up, you know, giving up a goal late uh, for that tie there. So, yeah, I, I, just to go back to that first point, I, I think it's just, you know, Louisville City hasn't been able to execute as well against Sefty Cincinnati, who has played very defensive and just kind of waiting. They know Louisville City is going to um, – hold on to the ball for a while, so they just kind of pick their spots and wait for their moment that they can send the long ball to the big guy up top, TB Fall, and, you know, it works a couple times. So what you're laying out is it's not really a talent or coaching difference. It's just a bad matchup for Louisville? Dan? You there, Tony? Oh, Sorry, I got you. broke up for a second. Okay, so so it's basically just a bad matchup that there are basically similar um, talented teams but different styles, so it's just a bad matchup for Louisville? Yeah, that's what it seems like. I mean, think, you know, Louisville basketball against Virginia where Louisville just can't seem to figure out how to beat that pack line defense. Um, I mean, other teams, you know, try and play the same way FC Cincinnati does, but just you don't have the same success because kind of like – I always tell with Louisville City, you know, if you turn off for one second, uh, Louisville City will make you pay or another team will make you pay. Um, and I, I think FC Cincinnati has been a little underwhelming this season. I'm not really sure why they've had a, you know, a bunch of losses. But maybe, maybe this is a game where, you know, against the regional rival, they really get up for it. And maybe these other, you know, against the other teams, they, you know, just in, as a locker room or as a team, they just aren't getting as, you know, emotionally fired up for them. I'm reading a chance to go to this Saturday's game in St. Louis. Um, the cost to ride to the stadium is just twenty three bucks. I'm looking at this now. Reserve a spot at LouCityFC.com. Go to the website. Twenty three dollars again. St. Louis is four hours away. It's an eight thirty kickoff for Saturday, so I'm sure that's seven thirty Louisville time. You can hear it on eight forty WHAS. But twenty three dollars for a ride there and back to St. Louis on a bus with other uh, Louisville City FC fans is a pretty darn good deal. So. Uh, contact them and get on that bus. Meanwhile, Thursday, Dan Carell from the Courier-Journal, is a party going to happen around 7 o'clock Thursday night at Copper and Kings in Butchertown. They are trying to shore up some momentum to try to get this stadium done here in the next couple of years. Yeah, um, I mean, I know the supporters group, the Coopers, are putting it on. Um, The team doesn't have a whole lot to do with it other than, you know, they'll be there and they're obviously supporting it, but they don't have anything to do from what I've been told in terms of setting it up or uh, or anything like that. So this is, you know, very grassroots and and from the fans. Uh, And it'll be interesting because, I mean, as of now, the stadium isn't on the agenda 
for Metro Council and, and the team, the ownership group specifically wants Metro Council to, you know, purchase the plot of land before they start construction instead of the team doing that. So it'll be interesting to see, you know, how, how many uh, people show up and if any Metro Council members show up as well. And, and uh, you know, whether, like you said, whether this does create, you know, any, any positive momentum moving forward. Is there any sort of feeling whether this will work out? What is your best guess? So what you're saying is the Metro Council is saying they want to buy the, 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 the team wants them to buy the land and Metro Council is like, no, 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 you need to buy the land. Is that what it's coming down to right now? Well, right now it's sort of the, the team is saying to Metro Council, we want you to buy the land and Metro Council just hasn't responded yet. Okay. <laughs> you know, if you, te- if you text someone and they just don't text back for 18 hours okay. or something. Yeah, yeah. You know, and they say, oh, sorry, I was hanging out with a friend or whatever. Right. So that's kind of the situation that it's in. Is there's there hasn't been any you know official word. Obviously, you know, uh, Greg Fisher wants this to go through as well, so he's on board. Uh, but you know, Metro Council is a, a different entity, and that they ultimately are going to have to be the ones to you know pass any measure that you know in terms of purchasing a plot of land or, or giving tax breaks or whatever it may be. Um, I don't know. I honestly, I thought there'd be a little more movement to this point. I mean, they announced it in what March or something, April, yeah. and. You know, now we're in July and, and nothing's happened yet. So I know, you know, legislatively and politically things take time. But I thought, you know, with, with just all the you know, financial might that this team has and, and connections that they have, you know, with uh, folks in Metro Council and, and folks in the uh, city administration, I, I thought this might have moved a lot, along a little more. So, you know, maybe this is the straw that, you know, needs to break the back, so to say, uh, to, you know, get the ball mo- moving and get the inertia going a little bit. Um, but I don't know. I mean, I, I think I would be worried if I was a fan if, you know, we get into September, October, and there's still, you know, no response to Metro Council, and they haven't even taken it up yet, because I know they have options through the end of 2017, but, you know, the, the sooner this happens, the better for, for, you know, pretty much everybody, whether it's, you know, one way or another, whether Metro Council says, no, we're not going to do this, or, you know, they approve it so the team can get started on construction. Do you know? I guess I can ask uh, the Louisville Bats this. Do does the did the city provide the land for the Louisville Bats, and then Louisville Bats built the stadium, or is that that's the city stadium, right? Is that correct? A, right. The, the city owns the stadium. I think it cost them twenty five million dollars. Right. And I'm I'm ninety nine percent sure the you know they own the that plot of land as right. well. Yeah. Okay. Dan Carell from the Courier Journal doing great work, and we'll we'll probably talk to you on Thursday again, bud. Yeah. Sounds great, guys. You got it. See you, Dan. Dan Carell, Courier Journal. Again, if you want to go, they're having a bus tour. It's sponsored by who else? Molly Malone's Irish Pub. Huge football fans. Salka. They're sponsoring the bus trip, so it's a little cheaper. 23 bucks a person to go to St. Louis and back the night of the game. And first kick is like 8.30. I think they're leaving out at 2 p.m. Okay? Yeah, it's going to depart at 2 p.m. on Saturday. So a whole day with uh, with the Coopers, that should be a lot of fun. I think tickets are pretty cheap, too, so they'll, they'll take care of you on that also. All right. Uh, Mid-America Security, 452-6277. Honeywell Equipment is what they use. They are the best in the business. They show up on time. They get the equipment on your home, and they're going to protect your house. If you have a security system on your home, 99% of the time, they don't break into your house. That's why... Mid-America Security could say, after we put a system on, they've never had a loss. Now, maybe somebody has tried to break in, but they didn't get a loss. Once you put a security system on your home, you're pretty much off the list. You're off the break-in list. People don't want to mess with alarms, okay? And Mid-America Security is in the business of making you feel safe. So call them. 
You mentioned the sad. The first three months are on them. Mid-America Security. Back after this short break, we'll talk to our young lady that works at a retirement home. They are having a fundraiser for Alzheimer's. So we'll talk to her just a little bit of how you can give to that. Back after this, it's Tony Vanetti. Dave is still on vacation right here on 790 and KRD. This report. All right, we are back. Thank you, Dan Carrill, for calling in to talk about Louisville City FC. After I talk to Mary here, I'm going to um, let me get after this UK, the latest target they have on their wall for a 13-year-old lineman here in Louisville. They're recruiting a 13-year-old for college football. You know how I feel about this, and I don't like it. We'll talk about it here in a minute. But first, Mary Branham, how are you? Hey, how's it going? We're doing fantastic. I know that you, where do you work, Mary? I work at Atria Springdale. <laughs> Atria Springdale. It's Marie. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought it was Mary. It's Marie. It's okay. Marie, it's what? Marie. Uh, yes. Marie, where Where do you work again? You broke up a little bit. Um, Atria Springdale in Louisville, Kentucky. Okay. And um, where is that? Uh, 4501 Springdale Road, um, and we're located behind the uh, Summit Shopping Center. Okay. And what do you all do there? I know it's senior living, but what what are the amenities? What do you do there? Um, We're an assisted living community, and we assist uh, residents with their activities of daily living. We also have um, a memory care unit. It's a secure unit. Um, We call them life guidance, uh, and we... We just kind of help uh, residents with Alzheimer's and dementia back there. Okay. Now, um, we want to do something about that. Alzheimer's is awful. It's, it's, it's absolutely awful, and it's, it's, uh, anybody that's had to deal with it knows how awful it is to, um, to watch a loved one go through that. So uh, we're absolutely. looking to raise some money, right, to, to have a big fundraiser uh-huh. here. And one of them is today? It's tomorrow, actually. Okay. It's tomorrow, 4 to 7. Uh, we are having a silent auction and a spaghetti dinner. We have um, close to 200 items that you can bid on. We have things from um, uh, dinners. Uh, we have, um, uh, let's see, car detailing. We have golf um, golf outings, um, restaurant certificates. Mm-hmm. Shark Tank items. We um, we contacted the people from Shark Tank, and we had a we have a lot of donations from there. We have theme baskets. We have just tons and tons of um, items to bid on. Something for just about anybody. So um, silent auction, spaghetti dinner. Who's making the spaghetti? Um, we're making the spaghetti. Okay. All right. <laughs> Marie, are you? Can you? Can, uh, okay. Is it? Yeah. Are there meatballs in the sauce? That's what I want to know. Are there meatballs in the sauce? <laughs> yes, there's meat sauce and there's regular sauce. Okay, all right, that's important. And we have beer and we have wine and we also have live music. Oh, great. Okay, so tomorrow yeah, absolutely. night, absolutely, you should come out. Yeah, absolutely. What tomorrow night? What time's the whole party start? It starts at four, ends at seven. Okay, and is there a it's website? A is there a website people can go to for either the silent auction or get the directions to go to this Alzheimer's? Um... Um, we're on Facebook, so it's Atria Springdale on Facebook, and we have all of our events on there. Um, and like I said, all of the proceeds go to um, the Alzheimer's Association. Okay, all everything. Right. Marie, the, um, the dinner 
tickets, everything goes to the Alzheimer's Association. Okay, so at your place, it's not. Um, so you, th- this is this is not a specifically Alzheimer's um, senior living place, or is it that you that you? Spe- no, no, okay. it isn't. Our, right. um, we have um, it's an eighty-three bed community, okay. and sixty-three beds are uh, assisted living, and then twenty beds are designated for um, Alzheimer's. And that's okay. our secured unit. And um, what is, what's the average age of the, the 20 beds that have the Alzheimer's? What, what, what age are we dealing with? Probably eight, uh, around 83 mm-hmm. is our average age. Okay. And how long have you worked there, Marie? I've worked here for two years now. Yeah. And, uh, but I've been in senior living for about 22. About 22. Very satisfying work. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. It's heartbreaking that we don't have a cure for Alzheimer's yet. Um, you know, we don't, there's not enough research, there's not enough money, there's tons of research for lots of other things, Parkinson's, cancer, um, but there's not, there's just not enough money, not enough research for Alzheimer's, and it's, it's a disease that affects so many people, so we, you know, we really do need to pour a lot more money and a lot more research into it. AtriaSeniorLiving.com, A-T-R-I-A. So get online, mm-hmm. check out the website, check out the uh, mm-hmm. the, the dinner that's going to happen tomorrow night and the silent auction. Marie, I'm glad we can have you on to talk about it. Thank you so much for having us. You got it. Thank you. Marie Branham, thank you so much. All right. Alzheimer's sucks, man. That's just the bottom line. And if you see people that go through it, it's, it's awful. So uh, we appreciate people like Marie and her efforts to try to – to do something about it, that's for sure. All right, here's something that gets on my nerves. UK football program offered a scholarship to a 6'6", 350-pound, 13-year-old. His name is Mud. What do you think? Coenta? Uh, what do you think? Oh, I don't have it in front of me. I thought it was uh, Kianta or Kianta, something. Kianta. I'm going to go with Kianta. Kianta Goodwin. He went to a. He was singled out, obviously for his size, but he also singled out for his performance because he's thirteen, six six, three hundred fifty pounds, size seventeen shoot, Seven, size seventeen shoot. He's not finished growing. Obviously, he's thirteen. Now, again, I've seen thirteen year olds, and that's as big as they get. So even if he, that's it, he's still an NFL sized lineman now. He was singled out as performance at the Under Armour All-American Camp for middle schoolers. First of all, I didn't even know Under Armour had an All-American Camp for middle schoolers. This is where it's all going, folks. All right? You can't fight progress, but is this progress is my question. Having camps that you grade out middle schoolers and put them on a list nationally for football is just too far. You know there's an Under Armour Toddler League. No, there is not. That's not that is a lie. That is not true, Mud. This kid, I'm sure, is an awesome kid. And Chris Vaughn that used to play for Louisville is his coach. Great guy. He runs Aspirations Fitness Institution. Which I get it. Look, I had a fitness guy for John for a couple of years um for wrestling and it paid off. I mean, the fitness guy that John had, heck, one month after having the fitness guy, John didn't lose a wrestling match for three months. I mean, it works. But, and it's big business. It's the having the preteen fitness guy is, is big business now. I, I don't, 
necessarily agree with teams that offer 13-year-olds. It's just too much to happen through the next two or three years for, for that to be an even a good idea. There's so many things can change. His coaching staff, he never grows another inch. He doesn't even want to play football in two years. There's a lot more options these days than playing football. But I'm sure this is a great kid, and I'm sure, I mean, Kentucky offered Wagner senior defensive back Jarius Brents as a seventh grader a couple years ago, which is even worse. So uh, you know how I feel about it. I I think it tends to put too much pressure on the kids. Let it play out. There's no reason to do it. You're not going to get this kid because you're the first person to offer. That's not it's not going to be. You can show interest, call him, call his parents, say, hey, we're University of Kentucky. When you think about going to college, we want you to make sure you know we called you first. But offering him is just a recipe for disaster because now he becomes the 13-year-old with an offer from Kentucky. And that's all every workout he goes to. Every gym that he goes to, every football field he steps on, he's the kid that everyone that everyone knows UK football has already offered him a, a football scholarship. I think you just gotta just gotta be smarter than that. And people are gonna go, you better get with it. This is the new age. I get it. But no. You can be better than that. You can wait for the child, child, child to get a little older. And maybe he's like, you know what? I kind of want to be an engineer. I don't want to play football anymore. I mean, it's just too young. There are too many people, too many recruits that go unrecruited between junior and senior year because, I don't know, a lot of humans do a lot of growing. I did. When I came back from summer before my senior year, everybody was like, whoa, because that's when a lot of people hit their growth spurt and you look a lot different. By the way, I was talking to my son, and he was telling me, because the conversation was greatest summer ever. The summer before my senior year and directly after my senior year was the most fun I've ever had in my entire life. No responsibility, and I had a great group of friends. Think the movie Summer School. With yes, the, yes. It, the summer before my senior year and after was just <laughs> epic. It was just epic. A lot of going to the park, having fun, doing things I'm not supposed to be doing, razzing the St. Matthews police all night long. Get in sometime before 2. No, I had a curfew. I just used to come in and then sneak back out. That was the process. But this is too much. This is just too much. No offense, Mr. Stoops, but it's just too much. It's too much. I'm sure the kid is a great kid and great football player. He's massive. 6'6", 350 pounds as an eighth grader. It's unbelievable. 13 years old. Now, I've seen kids this big. I've seen, I've seen kids this big. John's had to block kids this big, and you just tell them, go do your best. <laughs> they come off the field, and you're like, how'd it go? Well, that's the hardest I've ever been hit in my life. And at some point, you just wonder, where is this all going? But kid's supposed to be good. Chris Vaughn says he is. Chris Vaughn says he he could be the best player that he's ever coached. So 
Still doesn't matter. You shouldn't recruit 13-year-olds. That's the bottom line. Show interest, and then later in his life say, okay, we want to offer you now as a junior. Remember, we were there when you were 13. We were the first people to call you. Okay? Quote from Chris Vaughn, I've had a lot of good ones. He's got a long way to go. He's still an eighth grader, but he's got a chance. So, and you know what? People go because their specific position coach is at that school. It's just, you know, it's it's a head coach. Is, I'm not going to say has little to do with it. But the position coach has a lot to do with it. Summers is going to do a good job recruiting NFL, or I'm sorry, uh, offensive linemen, because he's put so many kids into the NFL and he's a great coach. Specific coaches. Your specific position coach is a big reason for that. All right, short break. When we come back, we will have this uh, debate between Nick Roush and Nick Coffey, ACC versus the SEC, who had a better year last year, and who's having a better? Who's going to have a better year this coming up? I bought him boxing gloves. No, 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 no. I think Nick is Nick's uh, Nick Roush has got a little size on him. <laughs> Nick, uh, but coffee is scrappy. Nick Coffee is scrappy. Get those but he's in out eye. of his weight class. Back after this on seven ninety KRD. This report. It's the Afternoon Underdogs, brought to you by AirServe on Cards Radio 790 KRD. Now, here's Tony Vanetti and Dave Jennings. All right, welcome back to our number two. Dave is out in Colorado for the rest of the week. I don't know what he's doing there. He's sending pictures of him like on a riverside. Or he's nothing. actually rescuing snow leopards. He is not doing that. He might be doing that. <laughs> no, he might. He's an animal lover, that's for sure. All right, hour number two, promised you earlier in the show. We're going to talk. It's not going to be like that. These guys are friends. Even though Nick Roush has been very aggressive lately, he's kind of a jerk. I want to bring him in, and I want to ask him right away, how the hell is your coach offering a 13-year-old a college scholarship in football, Nick Roush? Because he looks like he's 35. That's why. Have you seen him? I don't care. He's 13. 17 shoot. He's 13. No, it doesn't matter. It. Sometimes it's it's good to be first, and when you're Kentucky, sometimes you have to just be the first and call dibs to have a chance at some of these kids. I hear so, you. It, it's, it's, why it's, not? It smacks of desperate uh, desperation is what it does, is is because the kid is not going to go to Kentucky because he, you offered first. If he likes, if Stoops is still there and he likes the position coach, he'll go because they because of those reasons. He's not going to go well, well, because well, Tony, you offered you know, first. You know who you know who covers the state of Kentucky and recruiting for the University of Kentucky, the offensive line coach. You know who they offered two years ago as a freshman at Scott County High School? Brian Hudson. He's now a four-star top 100 player in the junior class right now. Okay. okay. Sometimes uh, it pays okay. to offer first. But did he, is that kid going to go to Kentucky? There's a very good chance, yes. Kentucky, Louisville, and like Ohio State are like his top people right now. And Kentucky was first. And they remember who was first. No, they don't. No, they don't. They don't pick. The, they don't end up. It's like a half a percentage that they, if, that they pick. Well, here's what this, they're both really great schools, and I like both coaches, and I really could go either place. And both visits were awesome, and I think both of them I have a chance to play. I'll pick that one because they were first on me. No, 
No. The, they remember the school who offered first, but I think it has very little to do with when they actually make a decision. And let's be honest, this kid, as big as he is, he makes Will Clark look small, and he's less than half his age. Six, six, three, fifty. And he'll get bigger offers, and it'll. I, I, yeah, I'm with Tony. I don't think it makes that big of a no, difference, but it, it, it certainly gives Mark Stoops a little bit of attention. Everybody's no, covering does. the story. Yeah, there's no doubt. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. All right, Nick Roush, Nick Coffee, Card Connect, KSR. Let's have a friendly conversation about the SEC and the ACC. You got the floor first, Nick Coffee. What is what is your opinion about coming up this year, 2017, in ACC football versus the South? I think this year all the momentum is clearly with the ACC. I think it's somewhat top heavy, but Clemson, Florida State, and Louisville all look to be probably top 12, top 15 teams. I think what's different about the ACC this year is there's actually something going on in the other division. Miami's got some momentum with Mark Richt. Justin Fuente looked to be a pretty good hire at Virginia Tech. But even last week, I I, kind of wanted to pump the brakes because I do think, again, the momentum is heading in the right direction for the ACC. And I think the conversation's coming up more so because the SEC is so quickly heading in the opposite direction that you now can ask. There's now numbers out there to say, okay, wow. Has the ACC passed the SEC? When you look at how many championships the, the SEC has won for the last 20 years, it's really hard for me to say that the ACC has passed that league. But they really have all the momentum right now. And I was looking at some numbers earlier today. The SEC, I mean, there's there's a chance they could have one of their worst years in a long time. Alabama, of course, we know they're going to be there, likely going to be one of the four teams in the playoff. But everybody else that's outside of Alabama, they could either be pretty good or they Auburn, could be average. LSU, Florida. Auburn, LSU, Florida, Tennessee. You have no clue. Georgia. I mean, those are teams that could take a step forward or they could be in for a down year. So I don't know if I'm ready to say the ACC has passed the SEC, but I think all the momentum's right there. And I think the pressure's on both because I think the SEC took a step back last year, no denying that. they got they got to come out and prove it this year. And the ACC, I mean, I look at all the co- the quotes from the coaches at the kickoff last week. More than half of the league's coaches said that the ACC was the best league in the country. Now, coaches say those kind of things right. at media days. They talk about how good their league is. We get it. But I feel like they've been kind of pounding their chest, and this league should be good this year, the ACC. But they so, lost so much from a year ago. Okay, okay. Is the ACC going to be better than the SEC in the year 2017-18 season? Earlier, I would have said absolutely not, just because I think the depth was better in the in the in the ACC. But I would say yes, and it's not necessarily because I think the okay. ACC is great. I think the SEC is just taking a step back. Okay, Nick Roush, your thoughts? Well, I'm, first off, I was going to come in with something really smarmy and hot. But, of course, you were. You know, Nick Nick is a very level headed Louisville fan. I've always liked that quality about him. It's very rare in most Louisville fans. I'm um, blushing. So, but but I will say part of the, the ACC was better last year than the SEC because both conferences were very top heavy, and at the top the ACC was better. They proved that in the college football playoffs. I think the reason why this conversation is coming up is because the SEC has a lot of new coaches. I believe Mark Stoops is the most tenured coach in the SEC East. So let that sink in for a second, and. I, I, what happened last year, they had a quarterback problem. Their best quarterback was a true freshman. You didn't know who was playing what. But this year, it's it's the exact opposite. I've actually been in an argument with Freddie Maggard because even though Kentucky's schedule looks great, he thinks it's tougher because of the quarterback play is better across the board. You had two kids uh, in Jacob Eason and Shea Patterson at Georgia and Ole Miss. 
who started as true freshman. They were very impressive. They've got another year under their belt. Um, you know, you have uh, Garrett Stidham, who transferred from Baylor, who got thrown into the fire when the ish hit the fan down there and did well, um, and who is one of the top-ranked quarterbacks in the country and who will make Auburn actually compete with Alabama at the top of the SEC West. Um, with all that being said, though, Clemson lost a lot, and I don't know what they're going to be like after two years in a row. I know they recruited well, but I don't trust Clemson at the top. I think Florida State's going to be great with Francois. But other than that, I don't, I don't see where the top-heavy part of the ACC is. You mentioned Rick and uh, uh, Mark Rick and Fuente, but I don't know what they're – like, I don't, I don't trust that yet. Whereas some see, of those, like, teams that are eight and nine wins, I know LSU has Darius Geis, so they're going to be one of the best teams in the country, regardless of what happens. What you so, just, wait a minute. So, SEC going to be better than the ACC in 2017-18 or the other way around? Or do you agree with yeah, that? Yeah, they, they will, and it's only because there will be, like, Alabama and, like, six other teams that are pretty good, whereas in, in the ACC it'll be Florida State and Virginia Tech and then, like, some pretty good ones. You know, I, I don't I don't see the top heaviness uh, paying out all the way down through the ACC. The word you use there is trust, and I think that's – because as a fan, you're supposed to back up your conference and say, yeah, go ACC, but I don't trust the ACC just yet. They took a step in the right direction – but I don't know if Dave Doran's actually going to turn it around at NC State. I don't know if Justin Fuente is going to be able to win eight or nine games. Where so it's more likely that a team from the SEC. The ACC would... went ten and four in head-to-head games against the SEC last but year. Here's here's where I just can't I can't take that as meaning a whole lot because I think bowl games are stupid. I hate them. And the the ACC did so well in bowl games that everybody kind of thinks that the league took some huge step forward. And I do think there was momentum gained. But I just look. I've, I watched this league the last few years. They have some good teams, but Boston College went seven and six. I don't really think Boston College was very good. Yeah. And those. And, and I'm just mentioned Boston College because they're a team that wow. Actually, they went seven and six. They're pretty good. And I, I don't believe they are. Right. I just think depth wise, I would still give it to the SEC as far as overall talent. But as far as the teams this year, I think the ACC will have. This makes sense. More good teams in the SEC. It all depends on how you define what makes the conference better. Is okay. it overall depth? Is okay. it top-heavy? All right. So I'll go back to Nick Roush. Who has better coaches, the ACC or the SEC? Whew, that's awfully tough. That's an easy one, Roush. Come on. Yeah, yeah, but at the same time, like, I don't think Gus Malzahn is that great, but everybody thinks he's a nerd. I don't think Bobby Petrino's that great. You know that. I'm not going to jump on him. And I think that there's going to be at least two or three coaching changes in the SEC this year. Butch Jones isn't going to last after Tennessee loses to Kentucky. Kevin Sumlin, I don't know. We'll see. His seat's a little fiery. Um, and then Hugh Freeze at Ole Miss, he was doing great things down there, but at the same time he's cheating the whole way. So I, 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 it's hard to say, but um, I, I, I'm going to give the nod to the SEC because there's more proven entities there and there's Nick Saban. Look, Nick Saban's the best coach, and there's no denying that. But of all time. Jim McElwain's the second best coach in the SEC, is he not? That that's, should tell you enough. That's pathetic. I'm with you. And, Tony, you made a great point last week, and I didn't, hadn't really thought about it. That's why this league is heading in the wrong direction fast. There's no good coaches. Derek Dooley, 
Uh, what am I Bush here? Jones, yeah, come I, I, on. I, I, meant, I meant Mason, not Dooley. But, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, the, the coaches in that league, I mean, the retread hire of Muschamp at South Carolina. That was the most pathetic yeah, hire I mean, I've ever seen. And you cannot, and, and a, a, another sports show host had this take, and I agree with him. The SEC has, has done the inbreeding too much, where they're hiring their own assistants as head coaches, and they needed to look outside of the SEC to hire coaches. With Kirby Smart, he remember when he was looked at to be this next great coach? Yes. And look, he's only had one year, but there was enough talent there for Georgia to be better than they were a year ago. Yes. He didn't get enough criticism in my mind because for him to be this guy who was next up, the next Nick Saban once he get an opportunity, he should have been better last year. And look, they could be good this year, and he's only coached one year. But remember his how his name used to be mentioned, right? Is he was going to well, be the next best and, thing in college football? Well, and you and you you lost uh, the the Mad Hatter. I mean, you 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 are now you you have an assistant taking over for LSU. Nick Roush, do you believe LSU will turn it around? See, and I, I actually do like Orgeron there, um, and I like his hires. I like Canada and Arat, and I don't know how to say their defensive guy's name, but I like the coordinators he has in place, but they lost too much talent to be great this year. They might have the best running back in the country. I think they're going to be fine. George, you all talked about Kirby Smart, though, and I, I had this problem where I spent a week listening to all the SEC media people just give each other love, and it, it, you know, it, it reinforces some of these beliefs. You're all right. The coaching there, not only are they boring when it comes to quotes, but they aren't the most inventive. And Kirby Smart was like the – every year, it was almost like uh, Brad Stevens coming back to coach in Indiana. Yeah. You know, every year you were hearing where Smart was going to coach next. And last year, he had Sony Michelle, Nick Chubb, a great Jacob Eason, a, a great defense. They, they should be in contention to beat Alabama, but their offense for the SEC overall title – but I don't trust Kirby Smart, and I don't, uh, I don't, I don't trust their offensive line. It, it, it makes it fun for a Kentucky fan and a guy covering Kentucky because you know there's a lot of talent out there in the middle of the road, but you don't know who's going to rise to the occasion in the big games. And if Kentucky can win some close games like they did last year, who knows where they could end up being at the end of the day. Uh, what is 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 it going to play out? Is is there anybody that can reach? And I'll, I'll ask you, Nick Coffee. Who who do you think can at least challenge Alabama in the SEC at all? I mean, in either conference, is it Florida State? Is it SEC? Who who can challenge Alabama? I mean, going off of what's coming back and the expectation level for all these teams in both leagues, I think Florida State's looked at to be probably the team that has the best shot at competing. Um, but if you look across the SEC, who could – I mean, I don't know if Alabama's ever been – I mean, they're, they're always the favorite in that league. Mm-hmm. But the gap just seems as big as it's ever been because the teams, as you mentioned earlier, that are supposed to be the next best team, is it going to be uh, Is it going to be LSU? Is it going to be Florida? It seems like there's a bigger gap than there ever has been. So I don't know. I mean, out, this could be the year that maybe it, it's not either league that gets the most talk. Maybe the Big Ten takes a step forward. Nobody would be surprised if Ohio State and Michigan end up being right there again. Right. Nick? No, I, I agree with you, Coffee, on the Big Ten notice, especially how Penn State finished the year last year. Saquon Barkley's going to get a lot of Heisman talk. Um, but it, I will say it's I'm, this year is going to be the greatest payout we've ever had for this move to like playing marquee matchups in the first game of the year because Florida State-Alabama are, you know, I don't know what they're going to be ranked preseason, but they're two of the five best. I mean, they're both going to be pro, uh, projected to win their conference. So we're at least going to find out early on who's the best. If any, if can somebody actually take down Alabama? And 
Unfortunately, I think it's going to be a no because, as Nick Saban said, I hope we learn from this failure. And you know he did not take that failure, that last second loss to Clemson well. How is it going to go over in Big Blue Land? And I get the the SEC honks that if you're Mississippi State, you're cheering for Alabama. If you're Alabama, you're cheering for LSU when they're not playing and if they're playing in the national title. It's weird, but I get it. I get it. It's the the South versus everyone else, and and I totally understand that. I really do. Um, But the... What if the SEC stays where they were from last year? They lose again in the national championship game. The ACC wins another national title. They went 10 and 4 in the head to head matchups, and that includes an upset of Louisville. So it should have been worse. Should have been 11 and 3. But that that didn't happen. So if that happens again, and the ACC is better than the SEC in basketball and in football for the second year in a row, ooh, that, can the ego take it? Can the ego take it, Nick? Tony, you you act like that it's actually like affecting any of the people in the SEC right now. Like nobody there even remotely thinks the ACC is even close to being ahead. They're delusional. The fact that we're even having this conversation <laughs> means that it's just kind of close because they've been dominating for a decade. Okay, so so don't even get started on this. Oh, are they taking it yet? It would it would be two bad years. It would just be a little chink in a massive plate of armor. All is well in the South. And really, it's it's just the, the worst part right now is that we have to wait another month for football season, even though it technically kind of started last week. Yeah, yeah. Look, if they if he plays out the way I just said, that would be three national titles in five years. That's more a little bit more than a chink in the armor. They also okay? have, they also have two of the last four Heisman Trophy winners too, and I know the SEC has the others, but right. yeah, that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I, I mm-hmm. and you know what, I'll I'll be a critic and just say here that it's because ACC doesn't play real football. They don't they don't line up between the tackles and they don't run it right down their throats. They huh. throw around all this sissy boy ball and throw the ball around. <laughs> blah 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 blah. Sissy I'll play that card. Ball. You want me to play that card? I'll play the hell out of the card. I think I think this is what Vanetti envisioned when he had us. He wanted us to come on. Sissy Nick. boy football. Yeah. I, I, I hear you. All right, here's my question with high school football. DeSales lost to Cal, your DeSales, and Cal won the, the state title. Can they? Uh, is DeSales going to bounce back this year? I know you added uh, Scroggins, the coach from Central, as uh, one of the assistants. Oh, see, that's the thing. That, and he's not the only ace in the hole. Also Ooh. added former UofL offensive lineman, uh, Renardo, Renardo. Yes, yeah, Renardo. Yes, I know him very well. Yeah, he's a great guy. Yeah, yeah exactly. So I, I ain't worried about it. Harold's got this team on lock. I'm, I'm kind of, you know, this is the worst week of the year. We just had SEC media days. There's nothing happening. Football technically doesn't start for like two weeks. Like you want to, all these wise guys out here on Twitter and social media. Oh, must be a slow week for sports. Yes, it is the slowest week for sports. It's driving me crazy. So the lady is getting me to paint the house, and that's how I'm taking out all of my Oh, uh, the new house. Yeah, do do the honeydew list. Get it done. I'm glad we can distract you from that work today to talk on the radio for a couple of minutes. Thank you all very much. And, Nick, thank you for being a level head. And unlike this Tony Vanetti, crazy Trinity Italian. (laughs) (laughs) My finger's slipping. Oh, I had to hang up on Nick Roush. Hey, Tony, before you – let me – this is something I mentioned on my show today, and I'm dying to bring it up to you because I just find it to be – um, ironic, mm-hmm. but does it does it? What does it do to you to hear that Charlie Strong is back in Rhode Island at the Clam Bake? 
meaning he's now he's this. I feel like that's one of the many signs that he has fallen. And it's okay. Look, he took a shot at Texas, didn't work out. But didn't it feel like the entire time Charlie Strong was here, he kind of felt like he was a little better than, than the program? Well, you did not have to. When, when Charlie first came here, you could see the look on his face that he was sort of embarrassed he had to coach here because he, what he had walked into – well, it's the first meeting when he was screaming so loud at everyone in the football office, the meeting is legendary. To where he's screaming at everyone, he say, "We we could we just played Cincinnati. Our second team could have won by fifty. This league is terrible. You're terrible. Your grades are terrible. This is over." He did look like he was a little embarrassed to 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 coach at Louisville for the first year or two. Oh yeah, and you know he never liked doing a lot of stuff with the media in general. But I just remember. You know, he's used to grinding it out at Notre Dame, South Carolina, winning championships yeah. with, with Urban Meyer at Florida. And the the Big East media day was a clam bake up in Rhode Island, and it was so far removed from what he was used to. Right. And, and to hear, you know, now the, 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 the Americans having their media day th- th- this week, so it just reminded me, man, he's, he's back there. And I wish him nothing but the best, but talk about like having to realize, okay, I'm starting over again. Yes, but he's starting over with about $30 million in the bank. Yes. So, and he's got a team that went 10-2 last and year. And he's back in Florida. So I, I, don't, I don't think that there is a little, a little satisfaction there. The only, way, the only thing that I disliked the way he left, because we all knew he was leaving. I, I, we, we got lucky. He played that game with Tennessee. Like a, he played us all like a fiddle. And then he, and then he did it again with, with Texas. The only thing I didn't like was after he went to Texas and he sort of was snickering about how long he knew before, we, before he left. And he was just like basically he described, I think, since the bowl game that, oh, I knew I was gone, and I was, and I had to, you know, I had to lie, 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 lie. That whole that famous sound bite that he has, where he's like, "You got to lie, lie, lie," and I and I didn't like that. That's the one thing. Deny, deny, deny. That's what he said. I'm sorry, not lie, lie, lie. Deny, deny, which is the same thing. He he could have just left that yeah, out. I, he he could have just done it again and denied again and said, "Look, it was part of the process. I'm here at Texas." And I understand what you can't turn Texas down sure. at five million dollars a year, especially if you grow up in Arkansas and you're the little brother to Texas, and all of a sudden now you could be the first black head coach at Texas and you grew up in Arkansas, you can't turn that opportunity down. I get it. But you still there's a way to leave and there's a way not to leave. And I could have done without that little snarkiness. I think you yeah. and I both have a great appreciation for what he did for the UofL oh, program at that right. time. And oh, I, I think yeah. I, it kind of annoys me that some people don't appreciate what he did. But it was very clear. Louisville was already going to the ACC when he decided to leave. He just wanted to move on and challenge himself. And again, who's going to turn down Texas? Not many people. And it didn't work out for him. But yeah, I, I know you and I have both kind of echoed the same thing that had he not come in and did what he did at that time, and some people want to argue that maybe more of the credit should go to Bridgewater. I don't care. The recruitment that he did. Doesn't matter. It, he he yeah, was doesn't matter. very important to the program. Doesn't matter. Sugar Bowl win against a top five Florida team, top three Florida team, and then followed that up with a pretty good season and to beat the daylights out of Miami in Florida was, uh, is, you know. Do what you got to do, but yes, he's back at the clam bake at the was it the AAC the AAC the AAC. Have you heard about their hashtag? No, it's it's hashtag American Power, and they t- <laughs> they took they took the E out of the yeah. of power to have it to have a six in there because yeah. they they don't want it to be Power Five anymore. They're saying, hey, make it Power Six and let us in. And I talked about this on my show. They'd clearly be the be the worst team of those six, the worst league of those six. But they actually had a better year last year than I remembered. Houston was up, Navy. 
Cincinnati's sometimes good, but yeah, that's their movement. They're, well, trying, they're trying to make it a power six. And didn't they go 10-2 and two last year and most of those players are back? So he's got a oh, loaded, yeah, loaded yeah. team at South Florida. And, and, and no surprise, he flipped a lot of recruits once he got there. Oh, Guys who were going right. elsewhere oh, yeah. staying at home. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And, you know, we'll see. He'll... You know, he, he does what he's supposed to do there, and maybe he comes back as a coordinator. Who knows? But he's, he's a little bit older than people think. He's been coaching for almost 30 years now. Plus, he's got $30 million in the bank. I think he's, he's okay. Nick, uh, thanks for coming back in and, and doing your thing. I appreciate it. No doubt. Thanks right, for having listen me. Listen to Nick from 12 to 3 right here on 790 KRD. Buddy B, you waited through that entire interview. Go ahead, buddy, before we get to a break. Hey, man, the only thing I want to say was, you know, you can't have it both ways. You can't say, well, I don't, I don't really – uh, put much stock in in bowl games. You know, the only way to do to to measure anything is head to head. What did we hear during basketball season when all the ACC teams flamed out early and the SEC teams uh, went on and went further than the ACC teams? We heard, man, must be the SEC is better. You know, the only way to the only way to figure that out is head to head. That's all I got to say. Well, and, that, and the ACC was ten and four against the SEC last year on that, and it really should have been eleven and three. That can't, still can't believe the Governor's Cup. Still cannot believe it. All right, uh, lots of pasta. Lots of pasta. Louisville dot com is the website. Check on out the uh, the grocery store there in St. Matthews. Uh, operated for thirty five years by John and, and his family. Uh, his son works there. They uh, they have a gigantic kitchen in the back that prepares all this food. They go. They travel the world, and they get all the ingredients and they come to Louisville and they make these uh, these great meals. Now it's a grocery store. You can go in and actually gr- do a little grocery shopping, get your bread. Get whatever you need. Uh, and the deli is fantastic. They bake the meats back there. So when you order a sandwich, on most days, the meat is warm. So they slice it up, and it comes off, and it's, it's perfect. So check out what I think is the best deli in Louisville, which is at Lots of Pasta in the heart of St. Matthews. Back after this on 790 KRD. You know that music? That means our friend, Coach Jones... Joins us on a beautiful Tuesday afternoon. How are you, Coach? I'm wonderful. I'm listening to you and your guests talk on that. Very interesting. Very interesting. Yeah, it is. Again, it's it's just fun summer talk to sort of go back and forth. Yeah, you right. can't qualify. You know, let's face it. Yeah. Uh, you know, I like it when both leagues are good. Yeah. Or when all the leagues are good. And, I, you know, I'm kind of on the glasses half full. I think there are a lot more good football teams and there are bad football teams. Uh, a lot of people think there's if they don't quite measure up to what we put at the top, Alabama, everybody else is bad. I don't believe that at all. I think there are a bunch of pretty good football teams around the country, you know, playing in the ACC and the SEC and the Big Ten and the Pac-12, you know, in conferences like that, the Big 12. There are a lot of good teams. That's what makes it interesting when there are a number of good teams. It is, and no offense to basketball coaches like yourself, but I think the hardest thing to do in sports is to win a football game. There's so many moving parts, and the game is so long. That oh, wait, you... I disagree 100%. <laughs> I'll tell you what, and I've said this from day one, and that, that if a football coach loses control of a football game, they ought to fire him. <laughs> He can control everything. He controls who's in the game, when they're in the game. He controls the clock. He controls the whole Come game. Come on, Coach. He's no. got it at his hands. He can put it out there. When it doesn't work, it's his fault. 
come you know, on. In a, in a basketball game, once they get playing, <laughs> you know, it's up and down and freewheeling and all like that. You don't have control of it. Only when they call timeout in that. No, no, you're right. Action. But a football coach, I always maintained, if the game ever got away from a football coach, you're to fire him. No, look. And, and I'll, He's got everything a, organized. All He's right. got 19 assistants. Yes, yes. And they need the 19 assistants, coach. When you, you guys get down the stretch, and you're, you know, you're, you're talking about who you're going to put in the game, maybe one or two different players, the football coach has got to go down, distance, where's the ball on the field, who's the personnel, who's the personnel on on the other side of the field. It is a lot more difficult to coach football than it is basketball, Coach. Wrong. All he's got to do when he does all that, he picks out his little chart and he looks down there. Third and four for the other team. Here's what their tendencies are. Here's what they run. Here's the defense we run. Get out there and run it. Cover two on, on pass defense. Uh, blitz the outside linebacker on five. Tendencies to throw out wide out to the right side every time. Hey. You tell me a basketball coach can do that. Come down to Florida where they're like, oh, they're going to do this, and then have everybody in there lined up to stop. Oh, please. I've seen you all say, you call a timeout, and you'll say, pass the ball to number seven and let him go to work. (laughs) You know, that's that's the the great thing about sports. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Yeah, We're having fun. You know, you brought up a good point, Tony. And I've been listening, you know, on the radio on that today, and people talking about, you know, the progression of sports as we go along. And they were talking about Roger Federer was what was brought up. And he was talking about, you know, not he hasn't played as much this year. You know, concentrating, playing less, and concentrating, getting ready for it. And he talked about the mental. Yeah as well as the physical of getting ready to play. And I think that's going to filter down, you know, into all our sports where there's going to be more, you know, nutrition's got to be big. Nutrition now, you know, is a big thing. And that's filtered down into the colleges, and it's going to be filtering down into the high school. I heard you say that you had your son have a personal trainer. Yeah. That might be coming more into, into vogue. It is coming more into vogue. Yeah, yeah. There are more specialists, and that's going to filter on down the line, too, that we have. As, as people become want to be their best, and so they're trying to help themselves be the best, and this is there's going to be people that are experts in those fields to do it, not only physically, but I think, you know, nutrition-wise and mentally as well. They mentally is it's it's everything mentally and it's and these because they're so good these days and like I said you have speed coaches strength coaches specific coaches to each sport and and sometimes you have two sometimes guys go to their strength coach and then on Monday Wednesdays and Fridays and on Tuesdays and Thursdays they're doing footwork and and, and they and they they play specific um, positions. I mean, they're just the players today are just so good at what they do, oh, yeah. and and the coaching and the coaching is, you know, they they have coaches are more organized today. They have these um, these seminars and they get together more often, and they and the opportunities to be with other coaches and share ideas. Um, it is just it's just sports now. It's a little crazy, coach. I got to tell you, it, it's to me, it's we go too far, and I'm part of it, um, but. 
It all, the other side of that is the good side of it is that we're spending times with our son and daughters, and we get to spend time with the son and daughters and their friends. That's that's the value I took from coaching the last eight years is that I got to coach John and I got to coach his friends, so I knew them right. So if I saw them out, it was always Coach Vanetti. They knew me, and it was just that was the advantage to be around the kids. Oh yeah, and I think that's great. We need more of that. You know, the more of that you get, the more interaction that uh, parents have and you know, people of influence have with the kids, you know, it gives them a better chance to do it because we're all striving, you know, directly if it's, if it's ourselves or our sons or our daughters, you know, to be the best that we can be. And we're going to try to provide, if we're a parent, those things that will allow our son athletically and probably academically as well to be the best that they can be. Yeah, it's it's a lot of fun. All right, so uh, on that note, Coach, I'm not happy with Coach Stoops as he offers a 13-year-old lineman here in Louisville. The kid is 6'6", 350 pounds. You ever heard anything like that before in your life? A 13-year-old that's 6'6", 350. And a size 17 shoe. I know. I know. <laughs> that's I a big youngin'. And, you know, and to me, it's just, I, I don't mind. You know, Coach Stoops is doing what he thinks is best. Uh, the, the, the child. Well, publicity. Yeah, it is. And that is program yeah. out in front, you know, and that, and they're talking about Kentucky football, and it's you know, we're talking about it, and that, and that's his job to promote his program, and that's the way that he chose to do it. Whether I agree with it or not, that's going to happen. You think if there wasn't a seven-one uh, seventh grader, the same thing uh, that uh, U of L offered him a scholarship? Would we, you know, would that make it wrong or right for that matter? And that, if he's out there, this is an unusual young man. And, again, I just think it puts a lot of pressure on that young man. You oh. Know, it's going to be pressure just like you were talking about a while ago. Everywhere he Everybody's goes. Everybody's going to talk about him. Everywhere he goes. He gave a scholarship to. That's the kid that's got a, a college scholarship and he's in eighth grade. Right, and he's in the eighth grade. Yeah, and it, yeah. he'll become that person. And everywhere he goes, he'll, his reputation will walk in the room before him. And, and I'm sure he's an awesome kid, and, and that's why right. I, I want to stick up for him. I want to stick up for him and just say, I get it, and, and, and I understand it's neat, uh, but you've got to have other priorities. School has to be number one, and if you have that opportunity to play football in four years, in four years to move on, then great. But, I mean, ew, man, that's a lot on a kid. Let me ask you something about football and that. Do you think the new NCAA rule of doing away with two days is going to have any effect on early season games? Uh, no, I don't no. think. I don't think it will. Um, you know, you don't have. Look, I don't, two a days are two a days are two a days, man. I mean, it's it was miserable, and it is miserable for the coaches. It's miserable for the players. Um, football is the least practice sport in college athletics. Um, you get 20-something days to get ready for the schedule, and there's a lot of moving parts. Um, you, you don't have to beat on the kids. They, they come they, – they, if they're not ready on day one, it's shame on them. And today when you have so much a microscope on them – and we just mentioned, Coach, you and I, talking about how they have a strength coach and a speed coach and all, all right. that. They walk in and they're in shape. It's not like you need to beat on them to get them back in shape, right? And, and for the actual playing in season, uh, the football guys, they practice more than anybody and play the least. 
Oh, th- that is true. When I say the the least practice, it's the least amount of time compared to right. basketball or field hockey that that they have to actual practice. I literally think it's twenty two practices before they have to take the field. Uh, but it is there's clearly. You beat on each other for seven days, and a starting wide receiver might have 17, 18 reps. Hmm. That's not very much. And, no, and, that's really not and, a lot. In that. You know, and, and again, they might, the numbers vary, but you have 70 plays on offense. So if you're not the starting wide receiver, how many plays do you get? And you're out there killing yourself at practice seven days a week in the heat, getting hit by a safety over across the middle in practice for 12 reps, and they throw you the ball three times. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I can remember when when I was uh, assistant football coach down at Tifton, Georgia, we'd go to football camp. Yeah. Morning, fundamentals, afternoon, seven-on-seven, and linemen against each other, against other schools that were at the place that we were, and that night scrimmage, three practices a day. And then the coaches get together afterwards and evaluate what went on and do it again for a whole two weeks, you know, and that. By the time we beat on each other, and then some kid comes home, we start playing. Here's a kid who was a third stringer and got beat on for three weeks, may not get in the game or get in there and play two plays. Yep. Yep, but you know what? And I've, you tried to tell that to the kids at practice, and you say – Look, scrimmages and practice are, are your playing time, and and right. and, and, and it, drilling sucks. No one likes drilling. It, it's it's it, football, basketball, drilling sucks. It's no fun, and you've got to do all this, and you do it. Per, you got to have reps. But but when you scrimmage, oh, that's that that's the fun time. And and I know that we've we've done that at our practices, coach, to where we knew the team. We have had a couple losses in a row, and the team is down. What do you do? To get the excitement going, you start the practice with a scrimmage. Scrimmage, right. So you you have a good time. Things Um, haven't changed over the years, have they? And certain elements of how to get interest up. (laughs) uh, Coach Jones, Jody (laughs) Demlin. Same way, you got to get some contact in there. I heard Coach Jones was here. He is. We're arguing. We're arguing. I say that uh, it is harder to coach football than it is to coach basketball. That's way easy. And uh, and Coach Jones is uh, arguing that uh, football coaches should. Be fired. I, got, I have a I have a question for Coach. Yeah. Hey, Coach, it's Jody Dimling. How are you, Coach? Hey, I'm doing great, Jody. How are you? Okay, you had this happen, and again, I was coming in to tell Tony about a, a big Stephen Enoch, the kid who transferred from Connecticut. Hey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is playing for the Armenian <laughs> national team. <laughs> yes, okay? yes, yes. Well, he had 26 points, 25 rebounds today in a win over Poland. Coach, doesn't it doesn't matter the competition? Doesn't comp- doesn't game play? Help a kid, you know what I'm saying? Like it, it, people might say, "Well, it's not great," and it's not great competition. He it's needs not reps. the best, yeah. But doesn't the reps help? Oh yeah, I, especially for the big guys. I'm telling you what, uh, you know, if you're a high school coach, grade school coach, whatever you are, don't give up on big guys because big guys, you know, it takes them longer to develop than that, and some big guys longer to develop than other big guys, and that. So you just keep working with them. Any. Anything that he can do along those lines, uh, playing in that, working on the coordination, the, play, the competition, so on, is great. I think you know that's a great idea. You know, but, but you know, I can't believe, and this is me, eighty-three years old, and I'm watching the summer league championship. <laughs> I'm, at ten and thirty at night, I'm watching. Yeah. I said, I got to be goofy, but I've got hooked on and that you were summer into league. It, right? Got it last year. And that, and watched it again this year. And the basketball, I watch it from the standpoint of how they're going to play. And it's amazing 
how the teams that win, even at that level, and get to win the champ are the ones that share the basketball, move the basketball, and that let the basketball do the work. Don't be ball stoppers. Don't try to go through nine people every time you get the ball. And that, they're the team that wins. Yeah, it's clear. Indiana and Louisville were two teams last year. When you saw them move the ball, if they were in the mood to move the ball around, mm-hmm. they won the games. Indiana was the same way. When they played individual balls and some people tried to score off the dribble, they lost. Louisville was the same way. When they moved the ball around and played as a team, you could tell Louisville was going to win this game. Oh, I agree. Uh, and I think that's what makes Mr. Ball special. He's a ball mover. He'll pass that basketball. I mean, you're hoping he passes it. And that gets contagious. And they start passing the ball more, and then everybody starts passing the ball more, and that makes your team better. All right, Coach now, Jones, you got, you got to have talent too. All right, Coach Jones, Jody Demling is with us, and then there's a Peter wants to ask us a question, so so stick with us, Coach Jones. Peter, you're on with the dogs on 790 KRD. What's up? Good afternoon, gentlemen. I had a quick question. Did any of the Canadian boys that uh, beat Cal's team are they going to play uh, in in the NCAA's for the, any of the major schools? Oh, that's a good question. That is a yeah. I mean, R.J. Barrett is that kid that he's the only one that beat he's that the, team. He's the LeBron. He's guy. the number. He's the number one player in the class of two thousand and uh, he in, plays at a prep school in right, Florida. In Florida, yeah. two thousand nineteen, and supposedly right. is going to reclassify and go to come out this next year. So he would be in the two thousand eighteen. Uh-huh, class. with yeah. Romeo and those with Romeo and those. Guys. Yeah, okay. yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, there's your answer, Coach Jones. Go hit him straight and long, and have fun. And stay out of the heat. We'll do it. You too. Talk to you next week. I right, see you, Coach Jones. We had a good conversation. I was, oh, I was egging, coach. I was poking him. I was like, "Oh, come on!" All you had to do was say football. And oh, basketball I did. Coaching, I did. Egged it on. I said, "Come on, Coach." Every once in a while, you just say, "Pass the ball to number seven. That's your timeout. Don't even try." <laughs> he went along with it. It was a lot of fun. Uh, what are you doing, man? Nothing. I just I was uh, saw the Stephen Enoch update and wanted to give you a little. Uh, update there. It, 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 when you have the transfers that, that play, the fifth-year transfers, and I think that's why it's worked for Louisville, that played last year and then went in and can play with Louisville, it's harder for teams or players to sit out a year right, so like, and then play. Yeah, Steven, it will be harder for him because he sat out. And honestly, he didn't, he didn't get the reps he should have up there. I mean, I've heard rave reviews about the kid since he's been here. Now, is he going to be a first-team All-American? No. There's a lot of warts and things that they have to improve on, but they love what they've got. They feel like they got a steal in this kid, and I think that this just proves it. He's going to play competition to where he should dominate, right. and he's doing more than dominating. I mean, 26 points and 25 rebounds in a game is a pretty good effort. All right, Jody Dillon. All right, man, folks, uh, Bargain Supply, East Jefferson Street. Stop on by, pick up a new appliance. They have them all. Scratch and dent is their bread and butter. If a, if an appliance is headed on out of the warehouse, it's brand new. It's got plastic wrapped around it, but you get a scratch on it from the forklift, and now... It, you're going to save hundreds of dollars. Now, they have obviously non-scratched new appliances also. They have guys there have worked there for decades. All right, They don't have aprons on uh, that are orange or blue. Okay, These guys are experts, and they're not working in the appliance area and then a the week before they were in the gardening area. Okay, this, this is, These are professional 
appliance salesmen. They know what they're doing. No offense to those other guys. They're part-time workers, and it's, it's what they do, and they, but they're not, they're not as expert as the guys at, at Bargain Supply. Bargain Supply, if you're buying an appliance, you'd be silly not to put them uh, to go on by and, and see what they have. They're on East Jefferson Street in the Nulu area in their own parking lot, so you don't even have to park on East Jefferson Street. So go see them. Bargain Supply. Back after this on 790 Carity. Great conversations in the last hour really have, man. It's been a lot of fun. We started the 4 o'clock hour with Nick Roush versus Nick Coffey with ACC versus SEC football. It was a great conversation. And Coach Jones came on, and we talked about football coaches versus basketball coaches. He disagreed that I thought football coaches are have a much tougher job than uh, basketball coaches. Roll the ball out, right, Coach? Oh, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. We love Coach Jones. Uh, here's in the level of sports insanity and what I've enjoyed in the last 12 years. Remember, I have about six weeks left here on the afternoon underdogs before I head across the hall permanently on HAS. And this is some of the things, the stories that I will miss. Certainly a man in Ohio is showing signs of recovery from a brain injury. 38 year old Zach Lawrence was in a car accident in April. Doctors gave him, and it was overseas, and doctors gave him no chance of recovery. They flew him back to America, to the States, and he's made a remarkable improvement because the doctor said, look, he's never going to be able to recover from this. And how do they know that he's going to be like his old self? One of the doctors asked him as he woke, away, uh, he woke up from one of his lapses and asked, do you like Michigan? And his answer was, I hate Michigan. The guy is from Columbus, Ohio. He's an Ohio State fan. So that's how they know this guy is recovering from a traumatic brain injury, right? Is that one of the questions are, do you like Michigan? And he said, no, I hate Michigan. So, so there you go. Those are the stories that I will miss as I, I move along here in the next six weeks or so. And who knows? I might come back and do a show or two on 790 if you need me to come back and make a little trouble. I'm always happy to do that. Genesis Diamonds, Chivalry Plaza next to Trader Joe's. The one thing that really separates Genesis from everyone else is that every ring you buy, every piece of jewelry, comes with a free lifetime warranty. Unlike other stores that charge for repairs and service, Genesis never charges for things like sizing, cleaning, routine maintenance. And the warranty doesn't come with fine print disclaimer like most do. No regular inspections are required to keep it intact, okay? Who who else offers this? Nobody. Genesis Diamonds. Plus, you want to check out the Genesis Diamonds 110% diamond upgrade guarantee. You buy a diamond, Genesis, and you want to trade up to a larger diamond after one year, Genesis will give you 110% of your original diamond purchase price. (laughs) That is awesome. I think Jackie and I are going to do that soon. It's just too good of a deal. That's how you know, really, you're getting a good price, too. The warranties, the price, the ring, the jewelry, it's awesome. It's Genesis Diamonds. Short break, we'll come back with the last half hour of the show. So just stick around. And it was it was fun. It was not like a boxing match between the two, but it was a good hour on 790 KRD.
AirServe proudly presents the Afternoon Underdogs on Cards Radio 790 KRD. Now here's Tony Vanetti and Dave Jennings. All right, bats play tonight, folks. Syracuse first pitch is 7.05. Check out the game. Right here at 790 KRD, right after the Cardinal Insider. Uh, Lamar Jackson was picked the preseason player of the year of the ACC. Well, duh. Who else would it be? Lamar Jackson is preseason player of the year in college football. So we'll see how that goes. Of course, it'll be in the ACC. Had a great conversation last hour with Coach Jones. We argued about who had a harder job, football coaches or basketball coaches. He took offense to some of my points that football coach was infinitely harder than basketball. Um, we also had an argument. Oh, I'm sorry. A discussion between Nick Roush and Nick Coffey, our midday guy here with the red zone and Mr. KSR guy. Um, on the ACC versus SEC football in 2017. In 2016, it clearly went to the ACC. They were 10 and 4 uh, head to head. And won the national title and had the Heisman Trophy winner. So it was clear the ACC was better than the SEC in football last year. And I thought I'd never say that about a conference Louisville was in. But that is the truth. Uh, I think the exaggeration, uh, the downfall of the SEC is exaggerated by everyone else that wants it to be true. The SEC is always going to be good in football. They're just going to dominate sometimes, but they're always going to be good. And they'll be good again next year, but it won't be spectacular like they have in the last 10 or 15 years. It's that they're in a process now of trying to figure out and how to get the best coaches back into the SEC. They just don't have them the way they have the last couple of years. After a first-game collapse, Lonzo Ball rebounded to earn MVP of the Summer League. Donovan Mitchell was snubbed in either first or second teams. Neither was Fox. So Donovan Mitchell and Fox, neither of them made the first or second teams in the All-Summer League. But in reality, who cares? Let's go to Carolina Steve. Carolina Steve, how you doing, buddy? Just fine. I'm going to say it's the football coaches that work the hardest. Because as a high school football coach, on Friday nights, sometimes I would scout. If I scouted, I had to go to the other team's game, chart their plays. When I came back, we'd exchange films, and I'd have to look at the films and start breaking stuff down. Then I'd have to look at the people I coached on our game film and grade them and have them ready for a Saturday morning meeting. And we had meetings all over the weekend and everything. And it's, that's one of the reasons I got out of coaching, Tony. It was just too time-consuming on stuff like that. Instead of being fun like it started out, it was almost like I was doing college or pro. In high school. No, no. And in, in, in certain areas, heck, anywhere now. I, I mean, I coach grade school football and you break down film. I mean, it is, it's so, it's, it's weird. I mean, it's, it's a full time gig to the nth power because you've got to do your homework because everyone else is going to do the homework and they know where your weak links are. And you know that as a coach, coaching is all, all about finding the matchup on the field or the court where you can exploit and win the game. That's it. There's also, you mentioned about starting off with a scrimmage. Once the season started, yeah, we never we never had a scrimmage. We went with shoulder pads and shorts. Yeah, yeah, we did that a couple times also. But the problem is, you've got over uh, you know excited players. You end up popping anyway. It's it's uh, it gets weird. And football is just a weird sport. But it's uh, it's something I enjoy. I hate to hear you don't be leaving us in a few weeks. Uh, 
I enjoyed listening to you. I may not call as much as I used to, but I enjoyed listening to y'all. Y'all have some funny comments sometimes and everything, and uh, good luck on your new gig and everything. And Thanks. who's Dave's partner going to be? I have no idea. I have no Dave's on his own for a while. You listen over at 6 o'clock on 840 WHAS Carolina. Steve, I'd love to have you. I will be over there. I'll be, I'll be calling you because uh, – we're going to start at uh, – who does Trinity open up with this year? Oh, gosh, I had the schedule in front of me. Um, it's one of the out-in-the-state team, or I'm sorry, it's one of the Indiana teams. And then they have uh, Moeller. They have a Jacksonville team from Florida coming in. It's it's a full slate of games. You won't believe it. It's an unbelievable schedule. Yeah, I'd like, I'd like to see them go down and play uh, some of those teams from Charlotte, North Carolina, because that, that they're probably the best high school I've seen. And it would be something different because in North Carolina, publics can't play private. Yeah. Oh, that's and Carolina Steve, great to talk to you, buddy. That's uh, that's a conversation that's been had here in Louisville quite some time. Uh, we've we've had a conversation with Bob Beatty and other coaches that we thought that there could be a SEC C, a Southeastern Catholic Conference, and you get Indianapolis, Louisville, Lexington, Cincinnati, Nashville. And it's sort of that diamond um, shape there. So Indianapolis, Lexington, Cincinnati, Louisville, and Nashville, and you get all the Catholic schools from them, and you have a league that plays on TV. And this is this would be like a minor college league, basically. And that would be awesome. He said that the teams in North Carolina don't play Catholic, uh, Catholic schools, don't play the public schools, and they've talked about that many times. Um, all right, I have a... $30 gift card to Papa John's to give away. All right? So I have a trivia question for you. So call 571-7900 right now. It's a $30 gift card. Okay? So call right now, and I have one for you. 30 bucks will get you two pizzas and a two-liter, right? I think I'm pretty sure. Maybe even more than that. Maybe one of their cookies. My favorite Papa John's, better ingredient, better pizza, Papa John's is the pepperoni, sausage, bell peppers. My favorite. Okay? So I have a trivia question. It has to do with the NFL. I have an NFL trivia question for you. 571-7900 is the phone number. Call us right now. I'm so glad we had zero Conor McGregor, Floyd Mayweather talk today. I'm now probably going to jinx that, and before we get out of here, I will have that conversation. But it looks like we're getting some folks online. And we can start. Here we go for a $30 gift card to Papa John's. Better ingredients, better pizza. Joe, are you ready, buddy? Yes, sir. Name the only NFL player to score a touchdown against all 32 teams. Ooh. Hey, Manny? No. Let's go to Chad. Name the only NFL player to score a touchdown against all 32 teams. Johnny Unitas. Rick, name the only NFL player to score touchdowns against all 32 teams. No, Chad, that was not the right answer. Go ahead. George Blanda. No. Let's go to Russ. Russ, did you hear the question? No, I didn't. Uh, For a Papa John's $30 gift card, name the only NFL player to score touchdowns against all 32 teams. John Elway. No. John, 571-7900, give us a call. John, what's the answer? Emmett Smith. No. Good try. 
Neil, what's the answer, buddy? Joe Montana. No, no, good guess, but no, that's not it. 571-7900. Let's go to Chris for a $30 gift card to Papa John's. Gary Rice. Who? Gary Rice. No, no, no. Thanks for, I don't even know what he said, but that's not the right answer. Man, we are rolling through these, dude. I think we've been through 10 callers so far. 571-7900 for a $30 gift card. A simple NFL question. Let's go to Goose. Goose, what's the answer? Goose! Hello? Yeah, what's the answer? Hey, Goose! All right. Goose is obviously hang gliding right now. Greg, you're on with the dogs. What's the answer? Marshall Falk. New. It's a good guess, though. That is a really good guess. I'm making you earn this Papa John's pizza. Let's go to Josh. You're on with the dogs. Go. Is it Terrell Owens? Yes! It is Terrell Owens. Yes, my friend. Terrell Owens scored a touchdown against all 32 teams. You know what else, Josh? What? He actually scored, fact, two touchdowns against every single team in the NFL. 32 teams, Josh. Good answer, buddy. Thanks. Hang on, buddy. We're going to get some info from you, man. All right, Mud's going to get some info from Josh. Yes, that's incredible stat. Terrell Owens played for five different teams. He didn't score one. He scored two touchdowns, at least two touchdowns, against all 32 NFL teams. People forget Terrell Owens was just crazy. And that's overshadowed the, the his intense ability to play wide receiver. He was a game changer. The fact that he never won a title also holds him back. But to be able to say I scored two touchdowns against every NFL team is insane. So Terrell Owens was the answer. All right? Cool. Here we go. Had to give that uh, Papa John's pizza away, and it's always good. We love little Papa John's, better ingredients, better pizza. All right, I I talked about this earlier in the show. Calipari, no matter what you think of him, he is like P.T. Barnum. Uh, Rick's the same way. They love to have the the entire show. We're going to put on a a marketing show is what they both like to do, and that's why they do it for themselves as much as they do for their programs, whoever they're coaching. John Calipari wants to do a charity basketball game in the same way they did the 2015 matchup between the alumni of UK versus the alumni alumni of North Carolina. Remember that one? They had a lot of big names in there. They raised a million and a half dollars in one day. Well, this time, he wants to do a charity basketball game, but he wants to have UK alumni versus an NBA super team like the Warriors or the Rockets or the Cleveland Cavaliers. Now, I don't think they're going to be able to pull this one off. I don't think that you're going to get the Warriors unless there's some sort of really large price tag. I mean, come on. You can't get that many guys to play. But we will see. It's a great idea. It is a great idea. And it is a great sales pitch for UK. To have the UK alumni versus the Warriors or the Rockets. Especially if you win. And you'll be able to see all these guys on one team. It's a little insane. It really is. So that's his new idea. It's Calipari. It's what he does. Whatever. On with the show with him. And he's rebuilding with all freshmen this coming year, which should be a absolute circus. 
He will repeat, look, Rick hates his schedule every year. Calipari complains for two straight months about his young team, which he recruits and is in the game plan. Well, we're young. No kidding. And then Rick, well, the schedule, I've never had a schedule this tough. I mean, it's like a broken record for both of them. But at the end of August, I won't have to worry about that. I'll be on the other station. (laughs) I'll just tune in to hear Calipari, young team, Rick hates his schedule. Uh, Radar Online claims that Mike Tyson has been offered a half a million dollars to get in the ring and fight not a Russian bear, but the Russian president, Vladimir Putin. Does anybody notice that Vladimir, Vlad, Vlad the Impaler? Huh? Maybe? Do they look alike? Dracula? Vlad the Impaler, Vladimir Putin. Huh? There's clues in history, dude. Look it up. Obviously, Mike Tyson, you could tie one hand behind his back and he would still destroy Vladimir Putin, even though he's KGB and a little wiry. Money's still on Mike Tyson. And I don't believe in the offer. But Raider Online... Who knows if Radar Online's an illegitimate place? It's a great thing about the internet. Shadowman four fifty seven reports. What? Uh, Ezekiel Elliott of the Cowboys. More news is coming out. He broke the guy's nose in the club. Apparently, the story was guy kept confronting him or his girl. And they kept saying, please stop, don't do that. There was two or three times where they asked the dude to please stop. And on the third or fourth time, Ezekiel Elliott popped him in the nose and broke his nose, or one of his buddies did, or whatever. But it's still a little problem. Jerry Jones, the owner of the Cowboys, has said he's going to speak with him directly, and they're going to have a conversation about how, you know what's going on. Bell and Cousins signed franchise deals yesterday. Uh, Le'Veon Bell, the Pittsburgh Steeler, will get $12 million a year. Kirk Cousins with Washington Redskins, the quarterback, will get $23 million a year for this year alone. Um, That's a lot of money for both guys in football. Football doesn't pay as well as Major League Baseball or the NBA, and one reason alone, there's not as many games. There are 16 games in football. Um, There's like 1,000 games in baseball. There's like a thousand games in the NBA, especially if you win the NBA title. You play an entire whole college season in the playoffs. It is ridiculous how many games they make these guys play. It is stupid. But that's why they make the big bucks. More games, more games on TV, more tickets sold. It's bottom line thing. You only have 16 games in football. All right, Tiger Woods fell out of the top 1,000 for the first time ever. You heard me. He's 1,005. You know, it's time for him to go ahead and walk off. I hate to say it's time for him to hang it up, but he physically probably cannot continue to do it. That was the first time I hit balls. Yeah. And then I started hitting more balls and more balls. I don't think it's going to help, Tiger. I don't think it's going to help. Fell out of the top 1,000. He made an attempt back. He said, I felt better than I've ever felt in years. My back is back. And he still said, oh, nope, tweaked it again. He has to adjust his game completely. Remember when Rocky in Rocky II tied down his left arm? 
and he trained with just his right arm, and Mickey made him chase the chicken around the alley to get quickness to fight Apollo for the second time. That's what Tiger has to do. He has to fight right-handed. And in the middle of the fight, remember Rocky, or Mick goes, Now! And he starts fighting with the left hand and throws Apollo off, and that's how he wins the match. That's what Tiger has to do. Tiger needs to find his Mickey. And he needs to fight right-handed. He needs to find a way to swing the golf club without wrecking his body. He needs a new plan. Who knows if he's going to do it? Because the long ball is really what the game is all about these days, of hitting it long. They have adjusted all the courses. They redesigned the course because of you, Tiger. And now everybody hits it long. So good luck with that. DFH Heating and Cooling, 968-6222, 968-6222. They hit it mine since 1935. Now, they'll sell you a train, but they work on every type of heating and air. So call them if you need repairs on any system. DFH Heating and Cooling, 968-6222. Uh, the train, it's hard to stop a train. That is the system that they will sell you. But again, they'll work on any type. Short break. We'll come back. We'll take your phone calls and more. It's Tony Vanetti. Dave's still out on 790 KRD. All right. I'm just about out here. A couple of minutes left in the show. The Cardinal Insider is up next. He'll take care of you. Jody Demling will for the next uh, half hour or so. Of course, first pitch, 7.05 tonight. uh, Louisville, or I'm sorry, Louisville Bats play against Syracuse. So going out to the game and have a good time. All right, a lot of discussions today that were fun. We had a good time talking ACC versus SEC. Rick Bosich actually has a really good piece at WDRB.com on this one. Uh, he adds it up and does a lot of stuff. I uh, took a lot of information from that today to use it against Nick Roush. Uh, Nick Coffey did his thing. It was a lot of fun, so uh, there you go. Uh, and Calipari's setting up a new charity game. It's insane. Uh, Donovan Mitchell and Fox got snubbed on the first and second team in the uh, – the summer leagues, but who really cares? Um, I, I will play on the next show. A 17-year-old Tom Brady evaluates himself. You have sound of that, a 17-year-old. And to tell you the truth, 17-year-old Tom Brady doesn't sound much different than whatever he is now. He's 38 or whatever, how old ever he is. He's, got, he's 40, isn't he? Close to 40? Sounds about the same. So there you go. All right? And we'll talk a little bit more about... Uh, Ezekiel Elliott also, he's he needs to get it together for the Cowboys. It's been a lot of fun. We also talked to Dan Carell from the Courier-Journal, Louisville City FC. They have a bus trip going out on Saturday. It's only $23. Go to Louisville City FC to get a link to be able to jump on that bull, on that bus to go to St. Louis and watch Louisville City FC on the road. And then Thursday at 7 o'clock at Copper and Kings, they have that um, that's pep rally to build some momentum to build the stadium. And if you're going to build a stadium in Butchertown, you can only name the stadium one thing, and that's the Slaughterhouse. It's Butchertown, dude. And put a stake joint attached to the stadium called the Slaughterhouse. It's not gross. I'd eat a big, fat steak at the Slaughterhouse. Because that's how you get steaks. I know you don't want to know how, but that's how it happens. It's been a good day. 
Alice, uh, Allen Electric, 636-HELP is the phone number. You give them a call if you need any help at the house. If you got to replace a fan or the front porch light's not working, whatever you got going on or you need a place inspected, they can do it for you. Master electricians, licensed electricians, they're the best in town. They show up on time. The price is up front, and it's Better Business Bureau A+. Allen Electric, for all your residential electric needs, 636-HELP is the number. We'll see you tomorrow. Thanks, Mud, on 790 KRD. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.